Thanks for joining us today for the Eagle Drive Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Chris Thorne. Eagle Drive is a Bible-believing New Testament Baptist church where Jesus is preeminent and the gospel of grace is at center stage. We are devoted to connecting with God, growing together, serving others, and sharing our faith. If you would like to know more about our ministry, visit EagleDriveBaptist.com. Now, here's today's message. All right. All right, let's go ahead and jump into it tonight. Ecclesiastes 11. Ecclesiastes 11. We're almost done. Almost done. This week and next week, and we will finish it up, Lord willing. And then the fun series starts. I'm not going to mention it. All right. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 7 through chapter 12, verse 8. Let's go ahead and read. Let's kind of go around the room again like we've done before. So let's start verse 7 of chapter 11 all the way through verse 8 of chapter 12. So, Ryan, you get to start, man. Man, I don't even have a phone. I know. It's on the the screens if you need. You can't see that. Truly the light is sweet and a pleasant thing. It is for the eyes to behold the sun. There you go. Thank you. Yes, if a man should live many years, let him rejoice in them all. Yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. All that is to come will be filthy. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. And walk in the ways of thy heart, and in the sight of thy eyes. But know thou that for all these days God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart, and put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun, or the light, or the moon, or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look out of the windows be darkened. And the door shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. <clears throat> also when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail. Because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. For ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel be broken at the cistern. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. All right, very good. So before we jump in, uh, shout out to one of my staff members who got me martini socks. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I said if you can't wear can't I wasn't going to mention names, but if you want to <laughs> tell on yourself. Dollar store. Yeah, that's right. He just got me martini socks. He actually wore them. I told him you wouldn't. I told him I'd wear them once. They might go in the trash, but at least I wore them once. All right. All right, uh, let's go ahead and jump into it tonight. Uh, let me ask a question, kind of a review type question. Jordan. No, 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 whoa, 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 right here, guys. Right here. Andrew, right there. Andrew, Jordan, right here. I got chairs for y'all. We'll, we'll, we'll arrange it. Right here. Right here. Right here. Andrew, right here. 
Yes. You have your mouth. Jordan, right here. <laughs> All right. Next time we'll listen to you. And so thankful you guys are here today for this to momentous <laughs> occasion. He said we're going to be late. We Jordan, do you take Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody have any marriage tips? No. Anybody have any marriage tips for these? Don't do it. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys can. I told him no. All right. You can take your chair or sit on the floor or whatever. I mean, it's up to you. Amanda? Yeah, oh. missed the wedding. That's okay. You can thank your mom for that one. Jordan, you can thank your mom for that one. That's her idea. He said we should. Exactly. All right. All right. Uh, question. Let's go ahead and start with this. Since we've started this study, what are some things? Excuse me. I'm trying to teach here. We weren't done yet. Oh, my bad. Let me step out. You done? Yeah, she's my real she's Which my kid. one is your kid? This one. Oh, okay. And that's her, if you ever ask her to marry him, that he's going to be There's two of you. No. See me after this class. Don't see him. Don't, don't go. All right. Him or her? Since we've started this series, what are some things you've realized are meaningless? <laughs> That's great, Maddie. <laughs> what else? A new car. All right, Maddie, why don't you just share? <laughs> what else? What else? What else have you realized? At least two more. No, it's 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 okay. It's it's good. Those are good things. <laughs> Overthinking. One more. Oversleeping. I mean, I hate working. It can be. It can be. It can be. <laughs> All right, someone else besides Maddie, what are some things that you've realized are meaningless? Life without God. Life without God? It's very good. What else? Meal prepping. Meal prepping. I never eat what I prep. Exactly. We really supply Taco Bell and really help them out. Amen. Amen. Arguing with a three year old. Glad you're realizing that, John. <laughs> yes. What else is. Worry. Worry. Yes. yes, exactly. Stress. Exactly. Stress? Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. There's not much to keep up with our Joneses. He's not here to It's all right. Never mind. Never mind. What else? What else? Let's get a couple more things, man. It's just going crazy tonight. Can we rewind? Is it a full Start minute? over. What else? A couple more things. What are some things you realize are meaningless? Traditions. Okay. Big house. A big house. You looking to downsize again? No. <laughs> I will. I think there's a tiny house open in Michael's neighborhood. <laughs> We're never home. I, I understand that. I really do. I get that. I get that. What else? What else? Performance. Performance. How's it coming? All right. <laughs> it's good. But I, that step one is realizing. That is. Right? Step two is changing it. Well, what's step three? Uh, 
I haven't got there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you get there, write a book. Being, being okay with changes. Being okay with changes. Very good. What else? Let's do maybe a couple more. I'm not saying anything about your mixer. Plural. Plural. I didn't say anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyone else? Extra counter space. <laughs> <laughs> Extra counter <laughs> Yeah, exactly. All right, one more, one more. What are what are what are something you realize is meaningless? Anybody? What? Select sports. Yes. Amen. Yes. You've already learned it. Don't get me started. Oh. Sacrifice so much. Exactly. Time. Lots of time. Away from church. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I get that. I get that. Uh, as I said, yeah, I got something wrong. All the things of your youth. All the things of your youth is meaningless. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> oh man, honestly, we're gonna have to start over today. It's already been done. Uh, anyway, since this series, I mentioned this this morning. Um, hopefully, this series has helped us learn to define, observe, and engage in the life that God has given us. And as we talked about this morning, uh, when Solomon was kind of closing it up here in chapter 11 and 12. First thing he says is that life is an adventure. We're supposed to live it by faith. Uh, we're supposed to live it generously. And the second point that we alluded to this morning is that since life is an adventure, we're supposed to live it by faith. We also have to realize that life is a gift. It's a precious commodity from the Lord. And it's very easy to be burdened down with life, isn't it? It's very easy to be weighed down with life. So that leads into the next series of questions before we really dive into this tonight. What are some of the burdens of life? What are some of the burdens of life? Adulthood. Adulthood? <laughs> Adulting. Adulting. Dishes. What else? What are some of the burdens Laundry. of life? Laundry. Laundry. Yes. It's a never-ending vicious cycle, right? Exactly. Finances. What? Finances. Finances. Yes, it can be a very big burden. What else? Marriage. Working. Did amen. someone say marriage? I did it this time. It wasn't me. It wasn't you. I did amen it, but it wasn't me. It was the pastor's wife who said marriage. Right there. She didn't say it was meaningless. She just said it's a burden. She's talking in reference to the other couples in the room, I think. I think she wasn't wearing her wedding ring. She's probably not. What else? What are some other burdens of life? We don't want to scare this young couple away, guys. What are some other burdens of life? <laughs> Health. <laughs> Big time, right? Especially as you get older. Children? Children. Day? Yeah. Exactly. Nothing but a joy for me. Nothing but a joy. Expectations? Yeah. That's very good. Marcus? But even when they become grown, they're not fully raised yet. Yeah, or whatever you want to say. <laughs> they always come back. Always come back, right? They can't come back. Right, Venetia? Yeah. She can't come back. They move out, they come back. Multiples. That's why you move to a different state. It don't work. They follow. Oh. Yeah, ours would. Yeah, ours would too. No, we would. Burden and responsibility? You define it. It's your question. Responsibility is something that you face every day that you just do. 
Yeah. And a burden is when the responsibility gets too heavy. Yeah. And then it becomes a burden. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of responsibilities that I'm hearing named here that are not burdens. They're just responsibilities of life. Yeah. And they can become a burden when sometimes we... a burden if you let them be overwhelmed. Correct. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's really good. It's very good. Uh, let's ask this next question because, again, some of these are all kind of review but also helps us with the lesson tonight. Um, why is that we've talked about death a lot in this series. Why is the confrontation of death helpful to us? Why is the confrontation of death helpful to us? Andrew? Because it helps us to see or get the most out of the life that we have. Helps us get the most out of the life we have? Yeah, reminds us not to take things for granted. Yeah, it's very good. Marcus? Uh, well, you see that it, 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 uh, how easily life could be here and then gone, especially as young as how young they are or who they are. Yeah. You know, so it's sort of an eye opener. What are you really doing? Exactly. Life? Yeah, that's very good. Anybody else? Yeah, I, I, as I've said, I mean, it just shows me that God is in control of everything. Amen. You know, you have no control. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yes, sir. I heard a preacher one time say that he had good news and bad news for everybody. That if you're saved, death is good news. Yeah. If you're not saved, it's bad news. Correct. Because if you are saved, it won't ever be any worse than it is now. That's true. If you're not saved, it won't ever be any better than it is now. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. But like anything, and like I think we've talked about, you know, death shows us how short life is. And that, as I've said many times in this series, that we have but one life to live for our Creator, for the Lord. Um, now let me jump into another question. What are some ways in which we try to ignore old age and escape aging? Because we're going to hit on that tonight. Maddie. Sleeping. Sleeping, okay. What else? What are some ways we try to ignore old age and escape aging? Tasha. Do things that your body can't handle anymore. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, kick ball, slip inside. Kick ball, slip inside. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. What else? What are some ways we try to ignore aging or uh, escape aging? Not acting your age. Exercising. Exercising. Yeah. Saying it's meaningless. <laughs> Just admit it is. <laughs> no, it's not. But it tries to keep you young. I think some people alter themselves, like alter their body. Mm -hmm. They try to, which means you spend money on meaningless things. Yes. Cycle. But, I mean, I kind of dye my hair suddenly after some grays. So. Or some people make their hair gray. Yeah. 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 They want to be old. <laughs> hey, can you quit? <laughs> I wasn't attacking the one that did it. I'm just attacking the one that had it done. And spent money on it. I know. <laughs> Keep going to Tasha for all your gray-colored needs, okay? There we go. There's the plug. And then, all right, the last question tonight, last question tonight, or for this, what are some ways in which we waste the gift of life? What are some ways in which we waste the gift of life? TV. Sleep. Worry. Don't appreciate it. TV. What else? Worry. Worry. Stress. Stress, yeah. What else? Self-pity. Self-pity, yeah. Bitterness. Bitterness. Comparison. Comparison, yep. Just waiting. Just waiting, yeah. 
waiting to do something when you could easily do it today. Yeah. It's always putting off, right? Tomorrow, tomorrow, Not tomorrow. Not getting involved. Not getting involved. Yeah, that's a very good one. What else? Anybody else? What are some ways we waste the gift of life? <laughs> work your whole life, you're a workaholic. Yeah, working your whole life, and then you miss out on family and friends and relationships and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah, that's very good. So that that goes right into the the, the first point tonight. Again, verse seven and ten. Seven through ten is all about understanding that life is a precious gift. So the point I want to make tonight is this. Enjoy the gifts and learn to rejoice. Enjoy the gift and learn to rejoice. Solomon has spent his life chasing the wind, chasing things that he thought were going to bring satisfaction, going to bring meaning in his life, only to find out that they were nothing but meaninglessness. And as he comes to the conclusion of it all, he's saying that, you know what? I've learned to just enjoy life. Because it's the only life that I have. It's very easy to waste away the days thinking about tomorrow that we don't live today, right? I don't know how many times I've done that in my life where I'm looking forward to tomorrow. And there's nothing wrong with looking forward to tomorrow, investing in tomorrow. But how often are we always looking forward to tomorrow that we waste the gift of today? And I've, I've been guilty of it even with kids. Like, man, I just can't wait till they grow up. But there's always going to be another burden as they grow up. So enjoy the gift of what God has given us today. And use it for him. Rejoice in that fact. And that's why Solomon says, Truly the light is sweet, and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. It's just a great thing soaking up the sun, right? Uh, we were talking about it before class. Brother Alan, he said he just went outside and just sat in the sun. It, it's a refreshing thing, is it not? Just sitting out there and soaking up the sun. Some people do it too much because you see their skin, it's all leathered and you know, it looks like a... you know. Someone's purse or something like that. Anyway. <laughs> they definitely enjoy the sun way too much. Um, but life is short. That's what he's saying. Truly the light is sweet. Pleasant thing for the eyes. But verse 8. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all. It's very important to rejoice. As it says in verse number 9. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. But back to verse 8. Yet let him remember the days of darkness. There's a lot of days of darkness in our life, isn't there? There's a lot of trial, a lot of tragedy, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of unexpected circumstances that come. For they shall be many, all that cometh is vanity. Verse 9, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the day of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Again, life is short. And we're met with that reality on a daily basis. But life under the sun is all there is. Or if, it, if it's all there is, then death renders all of life's activity is useless. But I think we know, since we're in church tonight, that life under the sun is not all there is, right? There is something else waiting for us. Whether it be heaven for those that have trusted Christ as their Savior, or hell for those that have rejected Christ. And really, there is so much more to this life than just living it for our own glory, for our own pleasure. And that's one of the greatest things I think this series has, has helped me realize. You know, I've seen it many times. Uh, you talk about the confrontation of death and how it shows us things. You know, we were met with that confrontation seven years ago, almost eight years ago in my own life, when our son Logan passed away at four and a half months old. It really woke me up. It changed me in the fact that today is not promised. Three years before that, my, my grandpa passed away when I was in college. It was right before I was about to graduate with my master's, like literally that week. And there's been several times in my life where it's, in a sense, it's been a wake-up call. Like, man, my life isn't guaranteed. I don't necessarily have another day, another moment. Uh, when I was in college, there was 
uh, four or five young people. They're at Crown College. They were on a touring group, and they passed away. They were in a, a, a van accident. And there's a chance I could have been on the group that year, uh, but God saw fit not to, not to have me there. But anyway, it was my sophomore year of college, and it really was another wake-up call to realize that even as a young person, 19, 20 years old, life isn't guaranteed. So why do we waste our lives? Why don't we live it for God? Why are we always waiting till tomorrow? Why are we always, well, when things get better, you know, we talked last week about being generous in our lives, right? Why are we always waiting for things to get better to start giving, to start being more generous? The reality is sometimes they never get better. Life is always a burden, or it can be a burden. Uh, but really, the principle that we looked at last week is the more you give away, the less you have to weigh you down. Do we have that in notes? Yep. The more you give away, the less you have to weigh you down. Think about that. You know, I don't know if it was Brother Ron or someone else that said finances can be a burden, right? Now, it's a responsibility. We need finances. We need to take care of things in life. But it can very much be a burden that weighs us down. So we think that since life is a gift and the things that God has given us are a gift, especially our finances, wouldn't it be better to just give more away to free yourself of the burden so you can actually enjoy the life that God has given you? Or is it better to just weigh yourself down with more finances, more, more, more stuff? Well, I need more stuff. I need more finances to take care of that. Why don't we realize the principle that God wants us to just give what he's already given us? To give it away, to, to be that cloud that is continuing to, to pour out. That's what I want for my life. That's what I want for our church. To be that cloud that's not storing up, but giving back what God has given us. You know, I'm excited about the future. You know, as we, as we mentioned last week in the, um, in the budget meeting, you know, we had, a, we had a rough 2019, to be honest. First half of the year, we had almost $170,000 given in, in tithes and offerings. Last half of the year, we didn't even hit $120,000. That's a $50,000 decrease. That's a huge deficit. We went from like $42,000 in the bank account at the beginning of the year to $14,000. That's a big hit. People stopped giving. People stopped coming. There's a lot of things that happened. And it stressed me out, to be honest. It stressed me out. It brought a lot of anxiety and worry and, and uh, different things in my life. But I realized, you know what? I'm not going to stop giving. And it probably stresses Rodney out that I act like that sometimes. But I don't want to stop giving. I want to continue to give what God has given us. And I'm so thankful. Even the month we had, he was just showing me reports uh, really for January, we already had a, an increase in the offerings in January. Had a huge blessing this week. Someone gave me a check for $5,000 towards the missions trip, towards the impact offerings. Just threw, blew me away. I, I couldn't, I, and I, I had a moment after, after they left, and I was just, thank you, Lord. I, I couldn't believe it because it was as if God was saying, hey, what you're doing, you're doing right. And I'm going to confirm that with a blessing and I'm going to continue to show and prove to you that I'm in charge, I'm in control, I'm going to take care of everything. And I think as of today, we've already had uh, with that over $8,885 given towards our impact offerings. And I'm truly astonished, I really am, in just one month. Now I'm praying for a lot more. There's a lot more envelopes on that table. I'm praying that they all go away and they all get poured back in the offering plate with something in them. But it's more than just for the missions trip. And that's what I'm trying to get across to people. And I'm going to continue to explain that. There's so much we're trying to do this year. We want to make an impact. And impact is all about others. It's all about helping others, focusing on others. And 
you know, it's it's kind of ironic. You know, the theme of this year is impact. The theme of this year is others. Last year, Kerry Sanders passed away. His life first was Philippians 2.4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. And without even realizing that, the Lord gave me that theme back in July. Kerry passed away in October. In a sense, this year is has Kerry's name all over it. He tried to make an impact on so many people. He failed miserably many times, and he was still working at things, but he truly did. I think those that came to his funeral realized that testimony. I mean, the place was crowded, overflowed. So many people were here, probably 250 at least, were here because of the impact that he had made on, on their lives at one point. And the goal for this year is what God has given us. Let's give it back. Let's pour out to others. You know, again, I, I want to give a good sum of money to our missionaries, uh, Jake and Hallie Woodfin. I want to give at least $3,000. But honestly, and like I've told many people, the more that comes in, the more we get to get away. I mean, I, I would love if 15000 came in so we can give them five or 6000 I would love if 30000 came in so we can give them 10000 I mean, imagine that. They're starting a church here to check for $10,000. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't be a lot, or just ec- ecstatic about that? But there are other impact opportunities we're going to do this year, just simple things of, you know, we've talked about this in staff meetings and some of our leadership meetings, that it would be awesome to just go to a gas station, people pull up, and here's a gift card, get some gas. Who wouldn't like that? <laughs> it would be awesome. You know, it might be $10, might be $15, whatever it is, but that's making an impact on someone's life. And again, as I've shared, to do that, we need more resources. We need people to just get engaged in the idea that, you know what, I can store up and store up and store up, or I can give away. And I've even preached on this thought before, but really it's about investing for eternal purposes. That's what it comes down to. You know, I can invest, and I have investments here on this earth, but I'd much rather invest in something eternal. (laughs) I'd rather invest in His kingdom. And there's a lot of people that have resources that they could use to invest and throw back into the church and, and advance God's kingdom, but we're too busy storing up for that rainy day. And I, I'm, I'm not saying it's bad to have an emergency fund. I think it is good to have an emergency fund for life, but I think so many people are just trying to acquire this massive emergency fund. But why? Give back. Don't you think God can take care of it? Don't you think God can bless and if you trust him? So that's why we have to realize that the more we give away, the less you have to weigh down. And that goes with this enjoying the gift that life, the, the gift of life that God has given us and rejoicing in it. You know, life is not meant to be a burden. I ask about some burdens of life. It's not meant to be a burden to bear. Life is a gift to enjoy. And that's what we have to realize. And that's what Solomon is finally realizing. You know, I could realize that life is a burden and I'm just going to drudge through it. Or I can realize that it's a gift and I'm going to rejoice in every day that I have. And as I mentioned this morning, which is better, rejoicing through each day or sorrowing through each day? Rejoicing, right? Now, there's going to be times for sorrow. There's going to be times for heartache. There's going to be times for trouble. Yes, I know that. And I'm not putting a a timetable on your your sorrow, your grief. But how many have known people that you felt like just were grieving way too long Mm -hmm. through life? And what happens was they missed out on life, right? I've seen people, parents that have lost a loved one or lost a child or a mate, and then they neglect the ones that are in their immediate family because they're, they're too busy sorrowing. And I'm not saying it's not important to sorrow and, and go through the grief process, but what happens is you miss out. You can't get time back, can you? 
You can't make up those days. Once it's gone, it's gone. And I'm realizing that, again, in my own life as just death confronts us with that reality so many times. But life isn't meant to be a painful drudgery that we're just trying to get through. And, and I've said that, oh, I'm just trying to get through the day. I'm just trying to get through the week. I'm just trying to get through the year. But why? Why not rejoice through it? Rejoice that God has given me another day to live. He's given me another week to live. And yes, I have sorrows, I have heartaches, I have troubles, but at least I have breath to live. At least he's given me something. You know, again, it's not about the abundance of what you have. It's about the relationship with God. So rejoice in that relationship. As I said this morning, Psalm 1824, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Life is full of trouble, but Solomon's advice is listen, or, or it's rejoice. Rejoice in all the days because they're a gift. Rejoice in all the days because they're a gift. And how easy is it, as I mentioned this morning, to waste the gift? It's like the little boy with his shoes that always kept them in the box. It's like me keeping my Jordans in the box. I'm making sure they're protected. But then I couldn't even wear them because I outgrew them. I wasted a precious gift. And yet I've seen so many people waste a precious gift of life. Putting things into their body that they should never put in their body. Many of you have testimonies of that. Uh, doing things to our bodies that we should never do. Again, is it, is it worth it if you wake up the next day with regret and remorse and guilt and shame? Is it really worth it? No, it's not. Wouldn't you rather wake up free from all that and realize that I didn't do anything foolish the day before so I don't have to worry about that? Yeah. That's the joy of life. And look, I think I have this in the last point of this. Life is fun, but there's so much more. So what we need to do is enjoy it, but steward it. Cherish it, but plant it. Do we have that? Okay. Savor it, but invest. Enjoy life, but steward it, which means manage it to the best of our ability. And that's kind of what Amanda series is with the ladies. Encourage the ladies to be there for that. Cherish it, but plant it. Savor it, but invest. So let me ask this question before we move on quickly. What are some practical ways that we can enjoy life as God intended? What are some practical ways, maybe a couple things that we can enjoy life the way that God intended? Anybody? Marcus? Um, I mean, as practical, I guess, is just rest assured that he's got it. Don't stress. Yeah. Don't, if you're, like you said, if you're on $20, don't go, man, we're, we're going to sink. Just go off. Exactly. And know he's got it. Exactly, yeah. Give up the worry. Release the worry. Yeah, that's good. What else? Practical ways that we can enjoy life as God intended. Maddie? Surround yourself with good people. That's very good. Surround yourself with good people. That's wise because it's so easy to surround yourself with poor people. Not necessarily poor financially, but people that aren't really <clears throat> helping us and building us up instead of tearing us down. What else? What are some practical get ways we can enjoy life? Get more into the Word with you and your family. Yeah, get more into the Word with you and your family. Yeah, that's something that's meaningful. It's going to grow your family. Yeah. What else? Have a positive attitude. You know, the day is only going to be as good as you make it. That's good. Yeah. Positive attitude helps a lot of things. Even bad situations. Yeah, that's very good. What else? Maybe one more. Starting every day with gratitude. That's very good. Yep, and just saying, hey, these are the things I'm thankful for. And hold on to those things throughout the day. Exactly. Remember what you were grateful for in the morning when you were really frustrated in the afternoon. Exactly. That's, that's a good principle many of us should live by. You know, we do that kind of stuff in November, right? It's thankfulness month. But do we do it every month? 
Do we do it every day? Do we do it every week? That's, that's very good. All right, next point is this. Life's greatest priority, God. Life's greatest priority is God. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. I mentioned it this morning, but when you lose God, what do you lose? Everything. Everything. And so many people are more concerned with losing their everything. And they haven't even realized that they've already lost God because of it. When you lose God, you lose everything. And the word remember simply means to be brought to mind. The implication is that your memory impacts your behavior and your decisions. To remember is to frame your life around this reality. To forget is to travel down all the, all the wrong roads. And who in here hasn't traveled down some wrong roads in life, right? To remember is to hold on tightly. To forget is to let go of and lose sight of. And that's what Solomon is saying. That I was foolish in my youth. So son, remember your creator when you're young. Because it's going to be a lot easier to remember him when you get older. It's like the story that I shared this morning. And my wife pointed out that I messed up the name. Ptolemy and Copernicus, not Copernicus or whatever I said. Copernicus, is that right, Amanda? Is that right? Did I say it right? Exactly. See what I have to deal with on a continual basis? Remember now, like right now. But the story of Ptolemy is he, he felt the earth was the center of the universe. Copernicus, Copernicus, whatever his name is, sea guy. He came around a thousand years later and said, no, 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 no. It's not the earth that revolves around earth. everything revolves around the earth. It's that everything revolves around the sun. The sun is the center of it all. Now, the key question tonight is this before we move to the next point. What are some major decisions that we make in our youth that have long-term negative consequences if we fail to make godly ones? Let me ask that again. Because Solomon says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. What are some major decisions that we make in our youth that can have long-term negative consequences if we fail to make godly ones? Rodney. Marriage. Marriage. The wrong person. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking it, but I wasn't saying it. <laughs> okay, Marrying for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Marrying for the wrong reasons. That's good. That's good. What else? What are s- Coping with anger. Coping with anger? Okay. It's good. Not having a relationship with God. Not having a relationship with God. What else? Deciding to get credit cards. Deciding to get credit cards. A to the men. Yes. Yes. What else? What are some major decisions we make in our youth that can have long-term negative consequences if we fail to make godly ones? What else? The friends you get around. Friends you get around. Yeah. Exactly. Bridges you burn. Bridges you burn. Exactly. Yeah. Have I made some foolish decisions in your youth? Anybody? Uh, more, more than you want to admit. Don't want to share any of them. No, no, no. I understand. Not appropriate. All right, we'll do it after the mic is off. Okay, but Alan. Yeah. You do. Choosing to live without God. And how many of us honestly have done that? Especially maybe in our youth, we've chosen. No, God's not important. Or you know, when I'm older, that's when I can you know, settle in and do what I'm supposed to be doing. But again, after Solomon's exhaustive investigation, he found the correct center of it all, 
that life revolves around the creator and not the creation. That's why he says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. But then he goes on to the next point. So we saw that life's greatest priority is God, always has been God, always should be God. But now life's growing disparity, aging. Aging. Don't you love it, getting nope. older? No. Better than the alternative. Better than the alternative, yes. Yes. What? You have wrinkles? I was talking to Amanda. I have wrinkles? Why were you looking at me, though? Randy, can you help your wife take care of her, please? She needs some help. Security. Security? Security? <laughs> please remove this unruly woman. <laughs> And the woman sitting next to her, my wife. <laughs> exactly. 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 All right. All right. That's all right. It, it happens. Eventually, whether we like it or not, the lights are going to turn out, aren't they? Going to turn out. So the key question before we dive into this principle is, what do the devastating effects of aging tell us about the human condition? What do the devastating effects about aging tell us about the human condition? Maddie? We have no control. We have no control? We don't last forever? Yes? What else? Well, we don't have any devastating effects. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. <laughs> she lives forever. When do you get those? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> I do. I want to be Miss Dean, too. That's my goal. It really is. She's got the heart of a 16-year-old, they said. Exactly. That's good. That's really good. Honestly, it is. The Lord's been taking care of me since I was probably born. Amen. Because I had a grandmother and a mother that saw that. Amen. That's, that's good. That really is. But Gordon, what were you going to say? I look at aging as like antique, so that's what I tell them. You know, an antique becomes more valuable the older it gets. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and so I look at myself that way. The more valuable, the older I get, the more valuable. Because I've, I've lived in the world, I've seen more things. Yeah, that's good. Now it's kind of like the antique. It's useless because it's not good now. <laughs> <laughs> I gave me a great idea. We're going to start an antique ministry. <laughs> <laughs> going to be a certain age that you have to hit before you can be in the antique ministry. <laughs> yeah, what? Layers of it? <laughs> oh, see, all the ideas are just running now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. As Solomon walks us through these, let me just read these verses. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened or the clouds return after the rain, in the day when the keepers, the keepers, what are the keepers? It's our arms and hands. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. You ever have your arms or hands start trembling as you get older? It's kind of what he's talking about. The, some of the effects, yeah, some of, the effects of, of life and aging. And the strong men shall bow themselves. The strong men. Uh, that's our, our legs, our knees, shoulders, stuff like that. Uh, they can weaken. They can cause us to, to bend. I mean, I've even seen that. I, I, I've been on the floor, and all of a sudden, like, my knee popped, and I couldn't get up. It was, oh, it was horrible. Uh, the grinders. What are the grinders talking about here? Our teeth. Our teeth, yes. The grinders cease because they are few. 
As I mentioned this morning, there are some that really don't have many of those grinders, and they had to get fake grinders put in, right? Uh, the grinders cease because they are few. And those that look out the windows be darkened. What's this referring to? Yes, our eyes, they begin to fail. That's why we need glasses in second grade. Start failing already then. Um, and those that look out the windows be darkened, and the doors shall be shut in the street. So doors are kind of like some of our bodily functions. I know I'm not trying to be crass, but some of our bodily functions begin to diminish. I could go off on that. We just can't control certain things. What? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Can't hold it in anymore. <laughs> Sorry. It already started downhill at the start of this lesson. All right. He continues on. The ears, they can't hear very well. The mind can't sleep as long. Uh, heights become more fearful. You ever realize that as you get older, you start going up certain heights, and you're like, oh, you get very, very, very anxious, very scared. Um and the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of the music shall be brought low. And, and when they shall be afraid of that which is high, talking about fear of heights, and fears shall be in the way, and the almond trees, talking about our hair, shall flourish. Sometimes it flourishes, sometimes it doesn't flourish. Sometimes it falls out. Exactly. we got a few of you like that tonight. Amen. Just let it go with that, right? Um... Where's that? And the grasshopper, again, talking about our energy, shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home. Talking about heaven, and the mourners go about the streets. Wherever the silver cord be loose, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. So some of those things, the energy is decreased, movement slow down, physical desires diminish, and our desire for our long home grows more and more every day. And you know what we learn from this? While we still have this strength, what should we do? It goes back to verse number one. Remember. Remember our Creator. Live for God. Realize that we don't have, we're not going to have youthful energy forever. So while we have it, live it for His glory, for His honor. You know, this text is really kind of a painful, almost depressing, heart-rendering text. But death stings should stir us to action, shouldn't it? Knowing that we don't have time, we don't have... There's going to be days where we don't have the energy that we once had, so why waste it? It's always like, well, if I, if I put off to tomorrow, then I can do it. But tomorrow might bring a lot more burdens and a lot more pressures than the day before. Remember God now so that you can avoid living without regret. And it brings us to that final application. What is your focal point? What is your focal point? As I mentioned this morning, several questions to be asked. Is it you? Is it your resources? Is it your relationships? Is it your bank account? Is it your possessions? What is your focal point? Or is it God? Is God truly the focal point of your life, the focus of it all? Since the Son is the center of the universe and the Son, Jesus Christ, should be the center of it all, is He truly the center of your life? And again, as I mentioned this morning, Everyone, I think, would say, yes, Jesus is the center of my life, but let's examine your own life. That'd be a scary thought, wouldn't it? If I were to myself or someone else come into your home and examine your life on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, what would your focal point be? Do you have time for the things of God? 
yeah, it's one thing to show up for church, and that's important, but what about every other day? Do you truly have time for the things of God, or is that an afterthought? If I get around to my, my quiet time with God, my prayer, my devotions, then I'll do it. But how often do we push that off, push that to the side, but things that are more trivial, meaningless, we put higher priority. Things that don't really matter. I mean, some people, as bad as, you know, there's a show on TV, they've got to watch the show at a certain time. Now we have DVRs and stuff like that. It doesn't really matter in some of it, but, I mean, some people were just as bad about that. They wouldn't miss their show at a certain time, but they'd miss their devotions. They'd miss their quiet time with God. You know, talked about sports. I mean, it's very, that's okay. I'll get to that in just a minute, but it's very easy, like with sports, to put that as the focal point. You know, I, I love sports, and I've said that many times, and, and our kids will play sports, and and I'm all about that, but at the same time, when my parents were, were raising me, um, there were many times where they took me out of things if it interfered with church. I hated it, just to be honest. I was a kid. I mean, they're ruining my life. I could be on the all-star teams, and I could be on this and this and this. But I learned now, what's the matter? <laughs> and even you think about these NBA players or you know, you know, football players, there's only a certain amount of time that they can play, Right? Now, they might have a good life, but, I mean, even, even professional sports stars, it's just a few percent of people actually make it to that next level. And so many people waste away their life with trying to push something that they're never going to achieve. Now, I think it's great because of the life lessons that sports can teach us, the character that it builds in our lives. But what does it matter if I'm pushing Nate and Noah into all these sports and driving them for that and you know what? As we have time for God, we'll work on that. As we have time for devotions and quiet time, we'll work on that. But we're not going to miss a practice. And as a youth pastor for seven years, I saw that firsthand. I saw parents push their kids into things. And I think sometimes it was reliving their childhood. You know, they couldn't have all these things, and my kids are going to have it. You know, I want my kids to have more than I ever had. But at what cost? And as a youth pastor, a man could, you know, testify as some of these, you know, parents. You know, I used to get on the kids all the time. I used to, you know, be so uh, upset with the teenagers, but I realized sometimes it's not their fault. There were some of them legitimately that they wanted to be at church. They wanted to be at youth activities. But they had so many obligations that they couldn't get out of, and the parents wouldn't let them. I mean, it was a miracle just to get them to go to camp on some of them. They'd make a decision for God. They'd want to start doing right, but if the parent wasn't backing it, it didn't really matter what they wanted to do or not. And again, what's it matter? Because, again, not against sports, but most of those kids aren't going to be the next whoever. <laughs> again, we should do it to, to try to help teach them some very important principles, but that is and can be, can be really a meaningless thing, and it can turn into a focal point, right, mm -hmm. instead of God. And I've seen, let's, let's play on the sports for a minute. You know, in, Indi in Indiana, a lot of the, the teams that I had, uh, the, the sport that they were a part of was soccer. I mean, they were on leagues all year round. It went from indoor soccer to four-man soccer to 11-man soccer. I mean, it was all year. They traveled from, you know, Indiana to Florida and all these other places. And, man, praise God for the, allowing them to be able to travel to places. But, again, they were doing it all of the time that they never had time for their family. And the relationships with mom and dad severed. 
And I did a series once with, with teen, teens and parents about the dysfunction in the home. And here's what happens, and I'm, I'm not picking on anyone tonight because I've been, I've, I've been guilty of this in my own life, but I've seen this dysfunction of, you know, a lot of times instead of having those family meals that I think are important, I think it's good to have the family meals. You sit down and talk with your kids about what's going on. What happens is we pass each other on the way to the fridge, right? As the kids get older, you know, they get some food, and, hey, how was your day? It was good. All right, I'll see you later. And they go to the rooms, and we never see them, never talk to them. What kind of relationship is that? It's not a relationship. And there's a dysfunction in the family, in the home. And, again, we, it's very easy for, for a parent, and I've, I've counseled with many parents over the years, especially as a youth pastor, like, oh, man, my, my teens, they just don't want anything to do with me. Well, maybe it's because you didn't want anything to do with them. Because you were pushing all this stuff and all of these things that you thought were important, when in reality what they wanted was time with mom and dad. I think I've, I've made this point before. and I had a teenage girl who was a, a friend of another teenager, and, and we took her home one day, and, and she was talking about how her friend who, was, who grew up in church and her parents were in church and were there all the time, she basically was saying, I wish I had the rules that you had. And it kind of floored me a little bit at first. I'm like, wait. I thought all kids just wanted all the freedom because this girl had all kinds of freedom. She could stay up as much as she wanted. She could do whatever she wanted. And it kind of it was a wake-up call for me because I'm like, man, I, I figured that's what teens wanted. I know it's not what they need, but I thought that's what teens wanted. And here's a teen that had it, and she said, no, I want what you have. Even though you can't stand your parents, they actually love you. They respect you. They have rules. They're trying to help you. And, it, again, it was a wake-up call for myself that, man, wow, even teens, even kids, they, they, they cherish that. They desire that. So again, what, what is our focal point? Listen to me. If you want to find satisfaction in life, we have to start by analyzing our focal point. If our focus is on anyone or anything other than God, then our own search for true satisfaction will inevitably lead to frustration and disappointment. And three fundamental reasons to believe in God. To make God our focal point. First of all, and I can go off on these, but we don't have time. First point is this, because of creation. Look, the universe did not happen by chance. Everything in the creation screams of a creator. So that's what Solomon is saying. Remember thy creator. Don't forget that you were made for him and not the other way around. Second fundamental reason to believe in God is not only because of creation, but secondly because of conscience. Conscience. Creation surrounds you, but your conscience is something deep within you that longs for purpose and meaning in life. I want to read something um, by C.S. Lewis. Um, in his book, uh, Mere Christianity, he describes how the evidence of conscience led him to faith in Jesus Christ. He says, My argument against God was the universe seemed so cruel and unjust. But how had I gotten the idea of just and unjust? A man does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. What was I comparing this universe with when I called it unjust? If the whole show was bad and senseless from A to Z, so to speak, why did I, who was supposed to be part of the show, find myself in violent reaction against it? A man feels wet when he falls into water, because a man is not a water animal. <laughs> a fish would not feel wet. Of course, I could have given up my idea of justice by saying, it was nothing but a private idea of my own. But I did that, or sorry, but if I did that, then my argument against God collapsed too. 
For the argument dependent on the saying that the world was really unjust, that is, God is unjust, not simply that it did not just happen and, uh, by chance. Thus, the very act of trying to prove that God did not exist, in other words, the whole reality of this world, was senseless. This is what C.S. Lewis came to the conclusion of. He said, I found I was forced to assume that one part of reality, namely my idea of justice or injustice, was full of sense. Consequently, um, atheism turned out to be too simple. <laughs> so the point I'm trying to make is that a fundamental reason to believe in God is because of our conscience. Our conscience is screaming that there is a creator. Creation around us surrounds us, but our conscience is something deep within you that longs for purpose, that longs for meaning. And then the final thing, again, I can go off on these for a long time, but the final thing is this, because of Christ. Fundamental reasons to believe in God, because of creation, because of conscience, because of Christ. God revealed himself through what? Through his son. Jesus didn't come merely to die. He came to bring life. He came to bring life more abundantly. He came to bring satisfaction. He died to taste death for you so that you might experience life. A life that is full, abundant, satisfying, all through his name. So again, what is your focal point? Focal point mattered to Solomon. He had to change both, listen, his perspective and priority to begin his life on the right course toward a satisfying destination. So you can either spend your life, you can waste your life, or you can invest your life. The point is up to you. You make the call of what you're going to do. Are you going to spend your life? Are you going to waste your life? Or are you going to invest your life? And the core truth, as I've mentioned already, when you lose God, you lose what? Everything. Everything. Only when we acknowledge our Creator and our desperate need for a relationship with Him can we find the secret to satisfaction. We need a relationship with Christ. And I hope this series has helped you realize that. Maybe you know a lot about the Bible, maybe you know a lot about God's Word, but we all know so little in comparison. <laughs> and we all need to know more so that we can grow and develop and mature in our Christian life. And the final decision is this. Jesus, help me not to waste the gift of life that you've given me. Help me instead to invest the life and learn to rejoice in it and remember that you are sovereign, that you are in control. Look, life is a gift. And as I said this morning, rejoice in it. Remove the sorrow. Remove the anxiety so that you can remember your Creator. Specifically in the days of your youth, but if your youth is past, remember what God has given you now. Remember your Creator today and rejoice in all that He has done. Because that's a way to live lighter, <laughs> to love better. By doing what God has called us to do.